Chapter Eight of the Social War of Nineteen Hundred, or the Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of Nineteen Hundred, or the Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis. Chapter Eight: Lucinda in Disguise Saves Victor's Life. In the library of General Washington Armington, Pat O'Connor was relating to Miss Lucinda Armington, in the presence of Judy McCrae, what he had learned from Deacon Rob Stew about putting Victor Juno where he belongs, namely, to the ground. Pat continued to relate what the reader already knows, and added his own conclusions and plans. Said he, Miss Armington, after having your promise to keep this entire matter sacred, and also your promise to relate to Mr. Juno, the danger what threatens him, with his promise to keep it secret. I'll just unhitch me soul of the burden of me heart, said Pat O'Connor. Well, go on, Pat, and let me hear it, responded Miss Armington. Milady, you know ye and your father asked Dack and Stew to get a doctor for to trade Mr. Juno, and I had my ideas rubbed up that this Dack and Stew what loves your lady and hates Mr. Juno, because ye love or respect Mr. Juno more than he likes to see. I mean, that Dack and Stew has played ye and your father false by getting a tricky doctor what will poison mr juno said pat with great agitation oh pat you surely cannot think that of deacon rob stew he is a good christian and would not do such a foul act as to employ a murdering physician ejaculated miss armington with an internal shudder by my soul miss armington may i stop to believe my own senses if it ain't the truth said pat earnestly but pat how do you suspect or know all these things responded miss armington good lady only keep secret and i'll tell you that day when dakin rob stew was at your bedside when ye asked your father to employ a doctor for mr juno i told judy mccrae who told me something about him what strengthened me suspicions that i wanted her to send dakin rob stew out by the side door when i runned accidentally against his honour which made him speak to me i humbly apologized and asked him about Victor Juno in a manner what made him believe I hated Mr. Juno, when the old curmudge— "'Beg your pardon for forgetting meself,' stammered Pat, when Miss Armington interruptingly said, "'Go on.' "'Well, your ladyship, I was a-going to say, Dakin Stew spake confidence to me, and said, "'Pat, if I could trust ye, I have a job that would make you rich. I suspected this deviltry when I blarneyed him, and what you think?' He unbosomed the dirtiest plans of his hypocritical heart to meself, and I thought, Bejabbers, Pat, here be's a way to learn secrets that will be of service to me lovely mistress, when a swore with one eye shut and a mental reserves to lead him into the field of battle. He told me enough to conclude that he meant to poison Mr. Juno, and me plans air that ye secretly go to Mr. Juno's house and keep an eye on that doctor chap, said Pat. Oh, Pat, how can I believe or do all this? gloomily responded miss armington be me soul i've told ye only what i'm good truth ye can ax judy mccrae here what can tell ye i'm speaking only the truth ejaculated pat faith me sweet lady pat o'connor spake the holy truth so far as i knows responded judy miss armington was in great distress and soliloquized as follows after she excused herself and was left alone for prayerful meditation o oh lord what shall i do I cannot let father know of this conspiracy to murder Victor Juno, nor can I allow them to poison him, since I can save him. How shall I manage this matter? Oh, how must I act? Great powers above, guide my distressed soul aright. 
I have it, I have it. I will go in disguise to the house of Victor Juno, and request to see him as an old aunt of his. I understand he has an only relative, and that is an elderly aunt. I'll personate her to the people in his home, and when I once reach his bedside, I'll manage to make him understand me. This will be his salvation, although it may prove my ruination. Miss Lucinda Armington waited until about seven o'clock in the evening, when she dressed herself in some of her mother's old clothes, which she had preserved from her death, and quietly left by the side door, thinking that she would not be seen so readily by leaving the house by that direction. It must be remembered that this was the door through which Deacon Rob Stew mostly visited the house of General Armington. She made her way to Victor Juno's residence, and as she rang the doorbell, Dr. Toy Pansy drove up, and also stepped upon the step, waiting for the door to open. Presently a very polite male servant received them, the doctor passing to the patient's room direct, whilst Miss Armington, in her disguise, was politely invited into the handsome parlour, which embarrassed her very much, causing a singular shudder to come over her system. The waiter noticed that the lady was somewhat nervous, hence he did not speak for a moment, when Miss Lucinda Armington said, "'Mr. Victor Juno lives here, does he not?' "'Yes, ma'am, at your service,' responded the servant." "'Will you have the kindness to inform him that his aunt desires to see him?' said Miss Armington. "'Yes, ma'am, but he is very ill. However, he may desire to see his aunt. I'll go to him,' responded the servant. Miss Armington now had a flash of horror fly across her mind, thinking, "'Oh, gracious heaven! Should I be detected? Monstrous! Should this servant know the real aunt and go to Victor Juno, or Dr. Toy Pansy, and announce the fact that a lady is in the parlour who says she is Victor Juno's aunt, but that she is not the aunt that he knows, when Victor probably might be strong enough to state that he has only one aunt, or something to that effect? My, my, oh, my head! I think I had better leave at once, because should Dr. Toy Pansy find out who I was, or even suspicion of a mysterious person being in the parlour, he would be on the alert, and hence my mission be a failure.' and most likely father, Deacon Stew, and all the rest would discover that something was not right. Never was I in such misery, never was I so undecided what I had better do, and should any one come to me now, my face would be a mirror wherein guilt and confusion could be plainly seen. I must compose myself. Hark, I hear a step. The door opened, and the same polite servant returned, saying that Mr. Juno would see her in a few moments. Moreover, that the housekeeper would come to the parlour in a few minutes. She begged of the servant not to send any one to her, as she would patiently wait until Victor was ready to have him, this servant, conduct her to his side. When Victor Juno heard the announcement that his aunt was in the parlour, his countenance brightened up, and he solicited the doctor to permit his aunt to sit by him this night, and hinted he had better leave, which he did, although reluctantly. The servant then conducted Miss Lucinda Armington, the bogus aunt, to Victor Juno's bedside. End of chapter 8